This is your Week in Gaming, Episode 9, recorded for the 9th of June 2023, to bring you all the latest news from the world of gaming. On today's episode of the podcast, Richard is AFK, I fill E3's void, Chris talks law, and Sam drinks some XP. Welcome, everybody, and welcome back to a, another episode of your Week in Gaming. This is Episode 9, and it's it's felt like three weeks since our last episode because real life things felt like <laughs> well probably was uh as you heard sam is back she hey. was at gallivanting this last week uh, bitch i was working gallivanting <laughs> she was just because living... it was in sweden doesn't mean it wasn't work okay you only do four days a week yeah i i ah, barely i feel like like <laughs> I feel like I do like two days a week generally, not in Sweden, but just in a general sense, which is great. I love my job. How did you, how did you invert the work week? <laughs> <laughs> I have cracked the code, gamers. The rest of us are out here crying for a four-day work week, and you're just like, I've been doing two-day work weeks for like <laughs> since 2011. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much been like that for her. But uh, Sammy's back. You heard Chris. Chris was also in the concrete jungle for a while. New puppy. And everything as well, Chris? Dogs are the worst and never, ever get them. <laughs> cats are better, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, I feel like cats, you could just like, they come out and they can already use the litter box. <laughs> True. Like, you just, that's a win. Just get cats. Just get cats. Don't get dogs. True. Doggos are cool, though. Um, and Richard is unfortunately tied down with other things and he won't be able to join us. But we've got three out of the four, you know... The, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to say we've got three out of our four hosts here. I'm not saying guests. I'm not going to get fooled by that again. <laughs> um, and then get ripped to shreds in WhatsApp groups. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to fall through that again. But uh, we've got a couple of uh, news things today, so uh, I think let's just get uh, get in. Gaming news now, and the void of E3 can be felt as it's been attempted to be filled with several showcases that are expected in the uh, the coming weeks. Um, some of these include the uh, the PlayStation uh, State of Play, which has happened. Uh, there's the Guerrilla Collective, the Summer Game Fest, uh, Day of the Devs, Wholesome Direct, Future Game Shows, PC Gaming Show, Xbox, and Starfield Showcase, Ubisoft Forward, and Devolver Direct. The biggest thing is taking place tomorrow uh, of day of recording yesterday when the episode comes out, which is the Summer Game Fest. Um, and they've got a massive... A checklist of developers that are actually here. Uh, there's Amazon Games, Larian Studios, uh, Hoyoverse, CD Projekt Red, Sega, as well as uh, Square Enix. Again, as of recording, it has happened. So this is like anticipation for, you know, I think one of the biggest games that's going to be coming out this year, Baldur's Gate 3. All, all I care about is Starfield and uh, all the news <laughs> coming out of there. So, yeah. No, none of this none of this is is like uh, it just doesn't capture the old e3 days of like all the videos coming out and all the mm -hmm. news and you know all of the decadence we received i think it's you know it's so sporadic now that it's very hard to to keep track of everything like i just see these new games pop up in my feeds and i'm like oh wait that happened uh, i don't know about you but it's just very hard to follow Part of the reason that E3 probably went defunct is so many of the devs saying, well, we're going to have our own show with Blackjack and pretty women, to censor myself. Um, and now we've got all of these new ones coming out, which is really hard to keep track of because, like, 
how do you even find out about most of these? Like this, this is not something that shows up on my Twitter feed. Uh, if in fact, if not for Andrew and this podcast right this very minute, I would not have known about any of these. So trying to keep track is incredibly difficult, which is why you follow news outlets, I suppose. Um, which to an extent makes most of this pointless. Uh, it's a really difficult <laughs> position to be in, I suppose. Yeah, I think I think Bro, I just realized the viewers rely on us for the news and I don't even know where to find the news. Like <laughs> I just I just played myself, bro. I feel like viewers at this point are switching off and going like no. <laughs> why do we listen to these people? I'll I'll just go get my news at another news outlet. This is why we're here. We go and find the things from them and just give it to people in a in a in a in a very good, uh, easy to digest way. But anyway, moving on from that, I mean you know, having a Hoyaverse there, it's it's clearly going to be some next thing with uh, with Genshin. Obviously, one of the big things that people have been talking about is uh, Larian Studios. Baldur's Gate 3 release is literally about a month and a bit, nearly two months away. Uh, end of August is when it's being released. Who, and who's talking I, about this? Just you. <laughs> you see... <laughs> Yeah, it's just me, but on the internet, right, and all the other people that are really hyped up for Baldur's Gate 3, um, they're they're really looking forward to this because it's going to pretty much be, well, what people are anticipating is it's going to be just a whole bunch of, of final gameplay footage and maybe one or two more pieces of information that, hey, this is what is going to be released with the game because there's still one or two things that in the past they've announced and like there hasn't been a hundred percent confirmation, but they haven't denied it as well. So it's a case of like people are really hyped for that. So whole bunch of things coming up in the other future. If you want to go and check out the dates and times of things, a PC gamer actually did a nice little breakdown of when these events are coming up, as well as uh, the dates and times. So go and check them out. This is a good point though, right? Just before you move on. I follow PC Gamer on Twitter, and I don't know about any of this that you went over. <laughs> but you know what I do have in my feed, right? That player who got to uh, Diablo 4 Hardcore level yeah, 1. Yeah, and then disconnected. Yeah, he, he just had permadeath because he disconnected, which is such a such a blizzard way like, <laughs> to die with a hardcore character, right? Is that Blizzard's fault, though? I mean, it's a server disconnection. Oh, I mean, oof. Yeah, it was a server disconnection. It wasn't hit. It wasn't the. You, at least he hit a hundred before it happened. That's all I'm saying. You were famous for two days, and then Blizzard killed you. <laughs> GG. On a side note, speaking about Blizzard, did you see the amazing ad campaign about uh, Diablo deaths and how you can get Megan Fox to potentially read your eulogy using the hashtag Diablo Death or whatever the case is on um, on on Twitter or TikTok? I hope she reads this one. I would love to know. <laughs> my character. Andrew, this one goes out to you. Uh, Bioware has decided that they will be handing Star Wars The Old Republic to another team so that it can now focus <gasps> on efforts on upcoming single-player games. Uh, the MMO was originally released in 2011. It's had a lot of updates, thousands of players, etc., etc., uh, but now Bioware will be handing over control to a new development team so they can focus on games like Mass Effect 5 and Dragon Age 4. Uh, and this, of course, makes sense because, you know, some of their projects, most notably Mass Effect Andromeda and Anthem, have been total dumpster fires. So it would make sense that they want to now focus in on 
new stuff, new uh, single-player stuff. Uh, EA then announced that they're in the midst of conversations with Broadsword Online Games, uh, arranging a deal that would see half of the current Old Republic development team move across, with the rest looking for new roles within EA or other studios. So uh, some of those uh, employees may not have a job soon. Uh, but Broadsword has a history of supporting online MMOs, so it should be a good choice for the actual game. Uh, I will say that Broadsword, they've done games like uh, Ultima, I think it's called. There was another one as well, but they're like fairly simplistic graphics. One of them was kind of a, a la RuneScape, uh, and one was kind of in the vein of classic World of Warcraft. So uh, yeah, Andrew, as the resident Star Wars nerd, how do we feel about this? As much as I'm a Star Wars fan, I've actually never touched the Old Republic. However, in saying that, <sighs> it it looked like a great game. But as you know, the article says, Bioware, what, at least what you said, um, Bioware have had a slew of terrible, mm-hmm. terrible games. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you go back to like even the original Knights of the Old Republic that they that Bioware released, I think believe it was Bioware at the time amazing probably one of the best games that have e- that have ever been released you know when lucas films wasn't part of disney and everything and it's funny because the old republic is actually a sequel to knights of the old republic yeah and it's just a case of it was just not great there were a lot of people that enjoyed it but it also got a lot of backlash because it isn't quite what a you know was focused on i'm just hoping that because of this bio will be able to recreate or or, or make really really good games again like a good Mass Effect that is not Mass Effect 3 or Andromeda. Uh, it looks like the developers for Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic was Bioware, Obsidian, and Saber Interactive. Yeah, so thank you for using the <laughs> using the internet there, Chris. But again, it's I just I would like to play a really good single-player game again by one of these big publishing houses like Bioware or whatever that isn't a dumpster fire from release i don't really i don't know about single player games anymore everyone's going online everyone's just like hyper interactive metaverse hype train game that ends up not fulfilling any of the desires you end up having so i I mean i'd love that too i just i don't know if they're coming don't you don't you miss the good old days of a good old single player game that you sometimes don't have to try and wait for your friends to be online or whatever the case before you can continue playing a game, whatever the case is. I miss single-player story progressive games. See, I do uh, that with Sunhaven because you don't play with me anymore. I'm so sorry. I'm <laughs> a, a student as well as a full-time worker. Sucks to be you. <laughs> yeah. I, I play Dwarf Fortress by myself. What the hell is that? You don't know what Dwarf Fortress is. Oh, I've never heard of that it. Is. Oh, you both you both actually make me incredibly sad. And I just want to go outside with the puppy now and just, just <laughs> Puppy and I are gonna move on from this plane of existence. We don't want right. to yeah. right. in uh, more news, Nintendo has sent their lawyers out again, this time to stop a Wii emulator from making its way onto Steam. Dolphin, a GameCube and Wii emulator, was set for launch on Steam in the coming weeks, but thanks to DMCA and similar threats. The release has been indefinitely postponed. While the DMCA notice was sent to Valve, the threat of further action was made to the developers, threatening legal action should they release their software. Nintendo is no stranger to uh, bullying tactics, quote unquote, uh, against those who feel uh, have wronged them in one or another way. Uh, remember a few years ago when they started DMCing uh, content creators who streamed their games or included gameplay footage in their YouTube videos? Uh, 
very similar story. So uh, how do we feel about Nintendo's team of uh, fastidious lawyers who are uh, out on the hunt on the great? Honestly, for this one in particular, I'm kind of fine with it. Like the Wii still exists. Okay, for GameCube, it's a bit more difficult, but at the end of the day, it is still Nintendo's IP. So yeah, kind of makes sense to me. You, you know what? I wouldn't have so much of an issue with it if at the end of the day, whilst it was an emulator, if you were still purchasing the, for lack of a better word, like the uh, the ROMs for the emulator, and those were going directly to Nintendo, I don't really then see so much of the uh, the, the issue, especially for consoles like this that are seriously old, and chances are you're not going to be able to find um but yeah if you're doing dodgy things like this and somehow got it through steam and everything it, that's wild to me but yeah it, it's but fine. what irritates me about devs and publishers and whatever is like there'll be games that have been off the market for a long time and it'll be like oh man i really want to play this game like like all of the old harry potter games right they're old as all hell and you cannot find them anywhere so you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna download them because you you can't get them anywhere like i don't know why how it would be so difficult for them to just be like here you go here's an online version instead they get all upsetty spaghetti when people want to emulate and download and pirate things like if you're downloading emulating and pirating etc things that already that that you can actually get hold of legally that's a problem but stuff that you literally cannot find anymore like i understand why it upsets devs but then do something about it like make that stuff available not that hard when's the last time any of you saw we like i remember seeing them in homes circa 2008 2009 i haven't seen one since i haven't seen anybody use a wii i mean granted, I it's like the old it. itoy as well like i had an itoy and it was like my favorite thing ever and then we came out in itoy like and and then vr came out and now we is like meh i don't know it's i feel like uh, nintendo just likes lowering up and upsetting people and you know i haven't seen a wii i don't even know if you can buy them uh if people still want to enjoy those games and, and have nice nostalgia around them an emulator is a way to go, and PCs always always run emulators. I mean, you know, I don't know. All, all I can say is that whoever Nintendo has as lawyers, they are paid incredibly well. <laughs> With the amount of work that they're always doing for Nintendo, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they've got no issue. If Nintendo's even got even just the slightest thing. No, don't worry. We'll handle it for you. And they will go and issue these. They must they be making... got the guy from Suits. <laughs> they probably got the guy from Suits. 100%. <laughs> it's just it's it's wild um so yeah i think i think we actually need to have a look at closer look at that law firm and just see how much money they're making purely off the the legal work that they need to do for nintendo penguins promising playable so frontier development has come out and announced their new game f1 manager 2023 if you're a fan of formula one or manager style games or both uh this would appeal to you if you have not played f1 manager 2022 um the game the the first rendition of the game f1 manager 22 delivered something that was like really lacking especially in the f1 uh, community for a very long time which was a true manager style game for f1 um whether you're wanting to rush developments for a new part in the current year or focus on potential regulation changes that are coming in the forthcoming years the game allows you to to, to manage very key areas in and around uh, formula one from factories 
to staff and contracts to pit crew training, racing and pit stop strategies, as well as driver contracts in the dastardly cost cap. You could use all of these and delve yourself really further into the Formula One uh, universe being a team principle, essentially. Uh, so Frontier uh, has announced some additional things that are improvements to the the original from F1 Manager 22, which is uh, management of your pit crews, which is uh, going to include training to better uh, redefine pit stops, better wheel-to-wheel racing. There's even more focus around tire management and having to manage driver confidence, which wasn't really there in the 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 previous game. Um, this new edition of the game will also allow you to look uh, at up-and-coming talent with a better overview of the results of F2 and F3 uh, feeder series um, being fully simulated in the uh, in the game. Um, with an added game mode and several other uh, additions to the game like racing uh, lines relating to strategies, the game also uh, looks better as an overall improvement um, uh, visually the the racing the simulations everything just seems like a massive improvement on from them from the 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 first game the the YouTube channel has got a whole bunch of deep dives already with the devs Q and A and everything there have been a lot of content creators have already seen the game you know before its release in on the thirty first of July uh, it looks like a ton of fun it's going to retail at fifty five U S dollars or your local currency equivalent which thankfully in South Africa we have because I wouldn't pay a thousand rand for this game, but 560 bucks seems pretty worthwhile. So if you're a fan of Formula One, you enjoy manager style games, uh, definitely go check it out. Uh, definitely worth a, a play. I feel like this was a strong contender for news nobody cares about. For a select <laughs> group of people, Sam, <laughs> which is the whole thing about that. But... <laughs> But but really, if 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 you enjoy like simulators, um, for, like manager style things, whether it be like city skylines, all these other things. I mean, Frontier Devs have created uh, a lot of like the Ju- Jurassic World, um, games and things. So they're really known for like these kind of of things. It's a really really good game if you enjoy it. It's a very niche group I'm talking about. But there's no ways they wouldn't have announced F1 Manager 23 if it clearly didn't make an impact. No, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely being facetious. That, yeah, like, very if, much if, so. <laughs> well, I mean, we could add a section that's called news Sam doesn't care about, but yeah, I feel like that would be less uh, interesting to the general public yeah, for obvious reasons. Time. What? <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly could. I could make, but then I'd have to go and look up news that I don't care about, which seems like a serious waste of my time. I think it would make you more grounded. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would make me more grumpy. <laughs> that, means, I mean, that means grounded to me. <laughs> Looks good. So if it's if it's I know again not your type of games then but if <laughs> if if it's anybody's type of game that enjoys F one and things go give it a check. Honestly, bro, like follow your bliss, do what makes you happy. Um, I can I can definitely imagine this being like a really really chill kind of like zone out after a long day type of game and so my kind of chill zone out game is a farming simulator not actual farming simulator like that name really triggers me because the term farming simulator game existed before that game and somehow that game came through and said you know what we're gonna call ourselves we're gonna call ourselves farming simulator and confuse everyone but no, like really comfy, like your, your, your Stardew Valleys, your Harvest Moons, your Sun Havens, right? That's my kind of chill out game. And I know a lot of people couldn't be bothered. So uh, yeah, if F1 management is your vibe, then uh, off you go. Hop oh. to. 
I just want to point out that Andrew's favorite games involve driving a tractor, <laughs> driving, uh, you know, probably a Red Bull car into the barrier 17 times every 43 seconds. Um, and the other one is building cities where cars go vroom vroom on roads. So I think something is definitely thematically appropriate about it, uh, him loving this game. True. Very true. That's honestly the last like three games that I've played. <laughs> it's literally been City Skylines, F1 Manager, <laughs> and Farming Sim. There is definitely a like running theme here, hundred percent. Yeah, um, just getting old. True. <laughs> right, there's been a ton of hardware news uh, over the past few weeks. Uh, most of it coming out of Computex 2023. Uh, we're a little bit late to the show here, but I think it's quite important to talk about all the PC hardware news. Um, the show is held in Taipei every year. Uh, one of the top bits of news, AMD demoed its new Ryzen AI features at Computex 2023. And like everybody else, um, AI is uh, the name of the game. So uh, the new feature uses a dedicated AI engine on the CPU to boost performance and efficiency for tasks like gaming, content creation, and productivity. So for most of you, that means Excel spreadsheets. Um, <laughs> AMD's demo laptop was an Asus Strix Scar 17 that came powered with AMD's four nanometer Phoenix Ryzen 9 uh, processor paired with a Radeon 780M graphics card uh, supporting DDR5 memory and PCI Express 5.0. Sounds uh, great, sounds powerful. Uh, NVIDIA obviously re announced release dates and pricings for the RTX 4060 Ti. Um, the 4060 itself, again, didn't look like it did all too well um, overall um, with its release. So, um, yeah, a very interesting space. The company also unveiled its new GH200 super chip capable of ho uh, handling 65 billion parameters for generative AI applications. Um, Superchip will actually power the Grace Hopper supercomputer, which will offer one exaflops of performance. I don't even know what that yeah, means. Yeah, what the hell is an exaflop? <laughs> is I feel like we're just making up words at this point. <laughs> um, uh, that exaflop of performance will be used <laughs> by Google Cloud, Meta, and Microsoft. So an exaflop is probably related to the metaverse somehow. Uh, it'll showcase <laughs> its next-generation notebook processes, the Meteor Lake at Computex, which uh, you and I will call Intel's 14th-gen Intel CPU, because we don't remember the name. The processors will use a new concept called VPU, or versatile processor units, uh, and it'll also feature AI acceleration. A uh, little bit of other, other interesting news, the last one I'll touch on. Corsair launched uh, its new dominated DDR5 RAM kit uh, for gamers. It features a unique design that allows users to 3D print their own custom heatsinks. Uh, the kit also comes Ooh. with a Corsair Capilex RGB controller, which can sync the lighting effects with other Corsair products. Um, that was all the rage, but I'm pretty sure Crucial Ballistics did this in 2018 already, so I don't really understand the hype. What was your favorite news, uh, both of you out of Computex? Or did you not watch it, uh, watch every video and stream because you're heathens? I'm um, a heathen. Heathen. I'll, yep. I'll, I'll straight up say I'm a heathen. I don't even, I completely forgot that Computex actually took place, so... What? <laughs> okay, my thing is like I don't want to sit for however many hours looking at all of the wonderful, beautiful stuff that would make my PC go vroom that I could never afford. You know, that is a very good like criticism <laughs> of Computex, right? Because everyone just it's gaming. They just bring out the flagships. They bring out the the shiniest things that you'll probably buy in ten years. 
I just or still never. don't know what an exaflop is. <laughs> <laughs> and if they were telling me this during the, the presentation, I'd probably turn to, like, if I was there, I would turn to the person and be like, what on earth is an exaflop? You see, an was- exaflop is a measure of performance for a supercomputer that can calculate at least 10 to the 18th power or one quintillion floating point operations per second. Now, if you had to ask me what a floating point operation was, I don't know. <laughs> but it sounds like something Google, Meta, and Microsoft definitely need in their lives, right? I mean, oh, 100%. 100%. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so so you, you guys telling me you weren't inspired by the fact that ASUS showed off a 4070 GPU that was powered with no cables? It was I still other- own... A 10 series, okay? So I, just, <laughs> I, I just keep forgetting who I'm talking to. Yeah, poor people. The, 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 I mean, the 10 series cards are running fairly fine. But I mean, if I, to, if, if, if I had to have a look at all of this, uh, you know, the fact that NVIDIA have announced the, the 4060 Ti series, um, this is obviously going to, you know, I think we discussed it, you know, a couple of weeks ago where uh, this is going to be the cards that some of the gamers are now going to go and purchase. So which means the other 40 series cards and especially like the 30 series cards are going to become a little bit cheaper. Oh, that's a good point. So I think I think for the your quote unquote your your general gamer, not the people that are going to be upgrading as soon as everything comes out, those you know, those cards are going to be a little bit more um uh, yep. cheaper and will be within the other people's budgets to go and get they absolutely are right i mean they're they're available locally already so um again they're they're already um in stock here they're about 299 dollars i believe but locally you can pick up a card now around 10 grand yeah which 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 is a much better price than a 40 odd clip or whatever it's it that is just astronomical for, for for cards so i think I think the announcement of this is definitely going to, you know, see people do the upgrades on PCs and things. I think this is in in, in general going to probably help NVIDIA from the uh, previous atrocious uh, mm-hmm. sales that they've had. Uh, one other thing that we can see, AI. AI is in everything. It's the oh. new CPUs, AI processing, the graphics cards, AI processing. So I think... I think people are really starting to embrace AI and, you know, this whole talk that we've had, I think we can already see how things are really going uh, that way. Guys, I'm not ready for iRobot. <laughs> I'm, I'm just not, okay? Like, I was chatting to my sister-in-law and she was telling me something about some AI drone. Was it my sister-in-law? I can't remember who it was. No, it wasn't. It was my talent manager in uh, in Sweden. And he was saying there's, like, this drone that you so you give it a command to go and like kill a person but obviously it doesn't have like empathy or like forethought or whatever so it's just like okay i have to kill this thing and apparently if the person who gave it the command so it'll it'll go after this person no matter what even if the person who gave it the command then tells it don't do this anymore it will go and kill that person so that it can kill the person it was originally told to kill okay this is Scary. I, I am not ready for the robots to take over the world, okay? Was your, just leave them. Was your talent manager, um, while in Sweden, were they imbibing a lot of liquid alcohol? No, or... no, absolutely <laughs> it not. Sounds, it just sounds they are little... Muslims, so no, they were not. <laughs> just all sounds a little crazy. I've never heard that story. 
that's that does seem a little wild and chances are it's also true in, in, in okay maybe not so much in sweden but like it just it's 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 pretty well but ai it's the way things are going we know that you're a very uh, prominent user of chat gpt as well chris so this must be like no surprise to you at all what i'm interested in is two two things adobe re- uh recently have been showing off and you would have seen the videos right the generative ai mm-hmm. where you can you know fill in you know whole parts of uh images now with you know content you have and it you know will will position and put in backgrounds and you know yeah. it's, it's it's actually really mind-blowing but i think during computex one of the one of the videos that was shown was generative ai in a game and so the idea is um you know this character walks into and i think it's some sort of kitchen and as they walk in they engage with an npc and none of the npc's dialogue was actually scripted it was fully generative and it was a it was an engaged experience that the player didn't know was not scripted um and it still came off you know relatively authentic and i think you know that starts to give you a lot of options and a lot of you know ways to experience games where you know we always talk about like playthroughs never being different and so generative ai gives you a lot of options um you know to to create different types of games that we've not experienced before where you know for playthroughs can be different every time you know new game plus could be a completely different experience with different dialogue and different characters um it's 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 very exciting i think something like this really helps you know the games where your choices matter um mm. like you know the mass effect one and two you know choices how your choices, no, 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 not well, your choices matter well we're not going to count three as well i only said one and two <laughs> i wasn't going to go that far but like where your choices like matter and in other applications you know sam is a very big uh, dungeons and dragons player so am i like being able to play something like that where something's not scripted at all and you could have legitimately a different uh experience every single time would be it is is massive and it would make the dm redundant it would make us dms redundant but it would allow us as dms to play games again so <laughs> there's that but i will say um so you know i i enjoy like trying out demos and stuff and there was one demo that i played a couple of months ago which is like an ai generated not generated but like so it's a murder mystery and you have to in the game you you use your microphone and you go to person, go to person to person, and then you you can speak in your microphone or you can type, and you you ask the people questions, and the the AI will generate responses to your questions, and that's how you you play the game and try and figure out who the murderer is. So, I mean, that kind of stuff is pretty cool, but you know, murderer was you, wasn't it? Sorry, were you the murderer? You know, it was still really buggy, and it didn't matter what questions I asked. I never actually got the information I needed to figure anything out. Maybe I'm just dumb, um, but. I never got to the end of the game. It was really hard. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's just the South African accent as well. Maybe. Turns I'm... out I'm just not investigator material. <laughs> Sam is not going to be on an episode of CSI anytime. Bro, soon. I will join the saps and I will be as useful as they are. <laughs> Put me in, coach. All right. And in this week's news, nobody cares about, which I have unceremoniously yoinked from Richard. Uh, Coca-Cola has released a limited edition League of Legends flavor, which apparently tastes like XP. Coke says players will enjoy the taste of experience points. Uh, Coca-Cola has teamed up with Riot Games to release a limited edition drink based on League of Legends. Uh, It's part of the Coca-Cola Creations line, and there's been collaborations with musical artists like Marshmello and Rosalia, people I've never heard of, but there you go. Uh, it's called Coca-Cola 
Ultimate Zero Sugar, which is available in the US, Canada, China, South Korea, Latin America, and Africa. So we can actually get our hands on it. Uh, a full sugar version will also be made, made available, but only in the US, Canada, and Mexico, which is fine because they don't use cane sugar. They use like corn syrup and it's it's nasty. It's, it's fine. They can keep it. Apparently, the new drink will provide fans and players the taste of experience points and celebrate every player's journey, whether it's their first time on the wrist, wrist? Rift, or on the final stage at Worlds in pursuit of the Summoner's Cup. League of Legends will also, the actual game, will also be getting a series of missions which award players with limited edition ultimate emotes. You can scan the QR code on the can or visit Coca-Cola Creations Hub where you can find ultimate emote generator, an Instagram filter that lets you view yourself in the style of a League of Legends emote, which I might actually do because that sounds quite cool. I will say what was really funny is that somebody came in and posted a comment on this article and they were like, I've tasted a few of the Coca-Cola Creations drinks, and honestly, they have all tasted pretty rancid. And the flavors are so inexplicable. XP is not a flavor, folks. <laughs> As someone who's been chasing XP for so much of my life, I mean, I want to try it. I mean, how many times have you just been watching that bar? Like, just get over, just level up. I mean, I, if, if you can capture that moment... In a drink, oh, you make billions, zillions. You make one quintillion. <laughs> you make an exaflop. <laughs> <laughs> You'd make an exaflop worth of money. Like, yeah. like two. I've got a question. First of all, is will drinking this level you up, IRL? Have no, I've that's just a birthday. <laughs> is this is this the one way that I increase attribute scores? Like I felt like intelligence has been lacking, you know. Am I like is drinking this going to increase it? No, like again, brands getting involved. You know what? If if with it being available in South Africa, I'll give it a try. I mean, I enjoy League of Legends. I'm I'm interested to see what it tastes like. The, my only issue is that it's it's zero. Like I don't like Coke Zero. I the it. Because instead of using normal sugar, basically what they do is they use like, yeah, like xylitol and stuff like that, which it does not taste good. You may as well be using the corn syrup shenanigan that they use in the US, which is absolutely disgusting. So, yeah, Sag. I don't think that this drink could be any worse than League of Legends is, so... What? (laughs) You know, you know, I, I don't think you're wrong. I don't think you're wrong. I think we're going to lose all the listeners we've ever had by insulting one of the most popular games in the world. But anyway. No, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly somebody's a diehard Dota fan uh, as ye old Dota 2 stats guy in South Africa. Uh, Definitely not biased, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it seems interesting. I'll give it a try as soon as it hits our shelves, I guess. It's not going to come in at a ridiculous price of like 40 rand a can or something like Prime did in South it Africa. It probably right? will. Let's be real. <sighs> like, have, be... You, have you found like uh, things like Coke Vanilla, Coke Cherry, stuff like that, the imported yeah. ones? Yeah. They cost a fortune. Uh, those of you listening who are not French, Bulgarian, <laughs> or German, that word means fortune or lots and lots of money. Yep. Lots of moolahs. Chris is also multilingual, as we're learning here. He gets Apparently, he speaks Mandarin as well, which is <laughs> fascinating. European is, European is one language, guys. We all know what? this. Stop playing with me. <laughs> it's all one. And that's, that's, that's one way for you to get absolute hate. 
Well, that about rounds up our news in gaming this week. Thank you all so much for tuning in for episode 9 of your week in gaming. Sorry for being away for a little bit, but uh, we're back and we will continue to be back week on week. Shout out to our friends at Esports Central for partnering with us on this uh, podcast. You can find us on Twitter at YWIG Podcast and by email at your week in gaming podcast at gmail.com. I am Andrew and you can find me on Twitter at my name is Pengu. I'm Sam. You can find me on Twitter at Nari Mizuki, or you can find me traveling the world for work because I have the best job ever. Uh, you can find me in a black hole or at OpenAI. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Richard is not yet. You can find him on Twitter at Frog Boots. His actual tag, not Chris's. But anyway, our next episode will be out on Friday, the 16th of June, 2023, at 7 a.m. GMT plus 2. And across all major podcast platforms, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>